Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Anoni, the podcast that brings you the ever-evolving amalgamation of pop culture. I am your host, Kazuki, and with me is my co-host, Ai. Anoni, or What's This, is our humble corner of the audioverse. Here you will find a variety of pop culture topics discussed in the perspective of your resident nerds. And whether you're a casual dabbler or a true blue pop culture follower, we hope you find this show enjoyable. So, I can you give us a little introduction about D&D? D&D is a tabletop RPG game, which was created by Gary Gygax. It's this tabletop RPG game where you sit around on a table with a group of friends and roll dice. You have characters. You have mages, sorcerer, warrior, champion, fighter. Uh, yeah, we have we have a various characters to choose from in playing D and D, and yeah, basically that's that's a summary of what D and D is. Okay, so D and D as a role playing game. Um, we know it's evolved over time, and it's started with, yeah, with, um, real-life just gathering of friends and playing on the table. It's, like, make-believe, but with math involved, and dice. Of course, dice. And, uh, today we have a lot of other apps that help support, um, games online for D&D. And we know uh, Roll20 is one. Um, Discord is also another place for players to gather and uh, find and host games. So before anything else, um, how about sharing preconceptions uh, about D&D, um, expectations about D&D, and your first experience into D&D? Okay, so preconception about D&D is that it's this a uh, game where you could do anything um, compared to what a conventional video game can do for you. It provides more interaction um, towards the player in its world. And like some video games that you are limited to what the narrative is dnd you could just go ahead and stray away from what the story wants and then create your own create your own job or your your own adventure um things like that so what was it what was it like for you like the first time what were you expecting going into your first game and then yeah my first game okay looking back at it now um i'm not really sure or i'm not very sure about the rules before i started so i started with uh dnd 3.5 um with some friends uh some friends introduced me um so yeah, um, I really thought that it's a make-believe uh, world where you could just do anything. But uh, 
as a DM uh, has informed me, it's not a case. Uh, you could not bring real-world skills into the game. So what your character knows is not something you probably know. Or what the player knows is not what the character knows. So if your real-life character, real-life self, actually have an ability to create um, things, that does not translate to your D&D character. So yeah, um, although it still provides with more interactive than just regular video game. Like, um, I enjoy it the first time because I remember that I was trapped in a tower and I tried to figure out how to get out. And my actions are determined by a dice and not by my will alone. So there's that. Okay. So like for your first um D D like was how did you go about gathering a group? Like where did you find um players? Where did you find your DM? And how did that start? How did it end? Oh, okay. So yeah, um in starting a group, um yeah, it in my case it's 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 just some weird way to start off with a group. Um, I was invited to this game. Um, the DM was based on Florida. Uh, my friend, who is based on Thailand, actually invited me. And then uh, a few people came in. Uh, one is based from um, Belgium, Russia, Scotland, and Canada. That's a lot of, that's a lot so, of players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of players and yeah um so yeah that's how we started uh scheduling what a bit uh hard so we really need that much commitment to just play this game because having players all around the globe makes the time difference um it magnifies the difference in time so it's kind of hard to set the schedule for it. But once we do start a game, we lasted for like 16 hours uh, at most in, in most sessions. Yeah. Wow. As a, as a regular uh, game that you do, like, is it every week, every month? Uh, this is every week. So most likely um, we do it on a Friday or Saturday depending which one works for most players. So yeah, um, we did not play on a full set of players most of the time, but when we do, um, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. And that went on for full year? Uh, yeah, all f a year or almost over a year. Um, yeah. Nice. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, I think my my first um D&D experience was um because you invited me to this campaign. And I remember how yeah. um I did not know anything about the game at all. I have not read a book. Um I haven't seen a single YouTube. I think the only knowledge I have about D&D was from snippets and um, articles that I've read and artworks that I've seen from my friends and um, 
uh, various mentions of critical role. But because I love fantasy as mm -hmm. a genre, I was drawn to it. And so I relented to play this one game. And I made my character sheet, I think, on the same day that we were going to start the campaign. And I remember yeah. rolling different... I remember rolling uh, the dice for initiative. And then when combat came, I was rolling and adding different modifiers because I didn't know that it's supposed to be just one. I'm supposed to just roll with um, a definite modifier for my attack roll. And so I was just going off yeah. of what people were saying. So it was it was not the best um, first time experience, but yeah. It's, it's confusing. confusing. Yeah. But I did um, get to learn as I go along. And then we did join that Westmarch server. And it just went off from there. So um, for games, um, what do you think about role-playing and acting? Is that something that you go um, full gung-ho on? Or do you rein it in? What is your um, play style? Depends on the table. If everyone is um, it's all for it, if everyone is role playing, acting as if they're they're, they're on character. Um, it's 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 very easy to get into that uh, role playing to get into your character. But there are some tables that are just very casual, usually just there for the combat and for the adventure. Yeah. So yeah, um, it it vary, it vary from table to table. But personally, I'm more into uh, just casual. But if the table is um, gung ho and we just really want to do the uh, hardcore role play, I guess I could get into that as well. But it's not something I always want in the table. Okay. It's it's really you. It's really a case-by-case basis. Yeah, it kind, yeah. Of, kind of depends on your comfort level of the players, too. Yeah, but do you prefer a DM yeah. that does, um, like, goes full-on into the RP? Like, does all the voices and uh, everything? Yeah, for the DM, um, I really appreciate the, the DM that do all the voices, um, the sound, the music, just just anything to create that atmosphere for the world, for the adventure. That's really good. Um, that's always a good DM. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no downside to it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's a downside to it. Is once a DM get into a character, you start to see the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Build. Yeah. Yeah. It's when yeah. DMs can bring, breathe life into, yeah. Bring life to a character. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking for a downside to it, but I don't really see any downside. Yeah, it. I think for players, it's okay if um, they don't go full on for a role play. And then for DMs, yeah. it's a big plus if they're able to create that atmosphere. And um, it adds to the storytelling. So, um, for when it, when talking about tables and playing, what what's an ideal player or 
what's an ideal table ideal table is probably those those who understand what is a player and what is a character so basically as long as um you can be a total uh pain in the ass as a character but once you don't need to be a real life pain in the ass to our players mm -hmm. you know um yeah same goes for dm um there are dms that just wants to murder players there's that yeah i mean yeah but but mostly for players at least at least dm virtually just um you could know a dm who wants to murder a party because it's just railroad the players with rules but for players usually they just probably they're not aware on how they act or uh, on how they act and what's the what's the player should be acting towards other players rather than how a character reacts to other characters and should they or maybe that character's uh, attitude bleed out to the player something that tends to happen but yeah as long as the player understand where being a character ends and what where being a player begun i don't think that's a problem much but it's something that as long as you are having fun and each other is respecting each other i think it's a good thing yeah so for for beginners like what would a beginner need to play D D? like for a beginner okay so what they need is they need a dm at least one of them could actually do that. Uh, one of their friends. A fun group of friends who will be creating the party with. Yeah. Uh, um, they don't really need a... Probably they need a, um, a DM's uh, guide for that. But they don't really need an actual module. They could just homebrew the, the, the adventure for them to enjoy the story. Yeah. And then yeah. they they would need the handbook though, like just just to have like a, yeah that, they need just hand. to have a general rules yeah, for, just for playing yeah just yeah, just to have a baseline how the game should be played yeah yeah but they don't need to adhere much to the rules it's not they don't need to be rules heavy they just the main point here is to enjoy it so it's up to the um into the party and how should they play the game okay so first things first when you before a game you create your character so tell me about your first your very first character okay so my very first character was based on legolas from Lord of the Rings mm. because i like the idea of a strong archer so i made the character a high elf ranger i played that character until level 15 around that level yeah how about you oh what's your first character like my first character is um emrys emrys is a half drow um rogue hexblade and now emrys is level 20 with eight 
uh, 8 levels in Warlock and 12 levels in Rogue. And they're also an Archer. And I didn't really plan for them to be an Archer. I just... It just kind of like... I kind of like bows. This happened to be an Archer? I, I, in, I, at first, I wanted to use um, just the daggers because I didn't really know much and they were simpler. Um, but then I kind of like the bow kind of appealed to me and it's always fun to like do things from afar and be away from from the heavy he action says. yeah <laughs> the distance he always says. helps and that's always the first thing we ask the dm like how far is it how far is it from me when you're yeah. doing the theater of the mind just so you that's know true. like you know it's safe to start kiting um so first character ranger um elf uh, what's the yeah. what's the background for for so character? Uh, yeah uh just to get into a bit dark here um yeah this elf is a very young elf uh, when he was 15 the old island which he was living in was like uh, attacked by slavers so everyone he knew was either taken or slave or turned to slave so yeah um that was his motivation to start an adventure and i made this character with a background that he likes high things usually he can be found on peaks of buildings naked yeah for some reason i made him that he needs to be naked most of the time <laughs> going yeah. to be funny that's going to be that's always like one of the things the fun parts of creating a character is figuring out a quirk that yeah you know, that's true yeah that stands out like just makes them more memorable that's okay. true yeah. <laughs> how about the Empress? how did what em what what quirk did you actually give Emrys? Emrys's quirk is um they have this tagline where they always say that um sentiments are complicated and they don't do complicated and it was because i did not want um emrys to be involved romantically with anyone and just so it, it was a way to um it was a way to uh, get around that it's just to make an excuse but it's it's caught up on them now after like avoiding it for Four years I in game time, so I don't know if it's a quirk anymore. But that's one of their quirks, and I think the other one is their um their penchant for cheese Danish, which um oh. I, I I tied up with um that's their favorite treat that their mother their adoptive mother used to cook or bake for them. Is this still so, Emrys or your other character? It's still Emrys, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, okay. Those are quirks, like fun quirks. So, um, background, our first characters, like um, you've said before, our first characters usually are edgy, and yeah. with an edgy background. Yeah, it's something like a Batman-ish background yeah, star. Yeah. Yeah. For Emrys, I made sure that they've 
don't remember. They don't remember the first seven years, was it? I forgot. And then yeah. they were adopted there's always by this... humans and all that. Yeah, there's always like that edgy element. Yeah. That you're, yeah there's, this is ongoing joke on the internet that says that you don't want to be a parent in D&D because <laughs> they always end up dead. <laughs> that is true. And then, well, not yeah. everybody, but yeah, most of the time, yes. I think most I've of the time, somebody, yeah. I've met somebody that have, um, their parents are still alive and well, but they just yeah. want to go adventuring. One of those rare, rare players, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so, um, your first, um, failure and success, because we know it's all about the dice, and it's, it's, the best dice is always a nat 20, and, you know, the funny dice is always that nat 1. So, nat 1s always yeah. go either, um, it, it can either be uh, a character growth or character development, or it can be just really, really bad. So, what are your first? We're very skeptical um, along those lines. So this new player joined the party, um, a level one party, or the character is a level one. I am at around level fifteen or twelve at that time. Yeah. Since he is very distrustful, he tried to attack this new player, and with a very low roll of the dice, he actually killed the character. <laughs> Yeah, so... Oh my god. That would yeah. be all bad. That, that's really bad because... Um, the characters in-game refuse to trust my character from then on. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to justify my actions to them. That's one of the failures. I consider the first failures I have in playing D&D. Was that hard Fine. on the on the table? On I mean, on your fellow players, were they okay well, with it though? <laughs> uh, no, they're not. They're mm. not. Um, oh after God. that, the the player probably refuses to play the game <laughs> with just me round. Like, <laughs> there's there's always need to be a person who could at least stack. Try, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Yeah, I'm. By the way, I'm that person who never missed a session, so my level was the... The high. Yeah, probably yeah. the highest one in the party, yeah. Okay, that, that's funny though. What about yeah. um, uh, first successes? Uh, first success... Uh, what I consider first success when... Uh, our party got trapped into this um, subterranean cave. So yeah, um, besides my character, the other one who's not uh, actual trap was a paladin. So yeah, convincing this paladin is took a while. It took like an hour, real time, um, one hour, just convincing him to like a stay and help the party and not go back and get help because by then the party could be dead or worse so yeah um with the roll of the dice i roll like 
uh, an 18 or something. It's not natural 20. It's it's just something possible for for the Paladin to actually consider just opting out by the two of us. Yeah. And that Paladin did not trust me at all. It it <laughs> got it to the, the point that, that you killed. No, no, it's not. It's it's one of the players that um, almost at my level. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, that Paladin got to the point that he had to tie me up and almost kill me because of the things I've done during the game, <laughs> or to kill the character. So convincing the Paladin to actually just trust me to help me out is actually what I consider success. That's a lot because. He does not trust me at all. Yeah, I think that's one of the the beauty of D and D is that it um, the story evolves over time, the characters evolve over time, yeah. and um, it's not something that can be easily replicated by a video game. Yeah, um, yeah. there's some what you call um, actual consequences to your actions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I think my first failure of, I think, mostly it's have, it has to do with not being able to really prevent people from dying, but I think the epic crit that I got was melting, um, Emerus's toes, like a couple of toes, just because I've, I've rolled, uh, several, several ones in a row. And the DM finally decided, well, you can't just keep missing. You you m might as well have hit your foot by that time. So, yeah, yeah I melted my foot with my own arrow. <laughs> so that's my, my first failure, I think. And first success, I guess surviving, surviving my first D&D game is what I would consider a success. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> first game how was it for you the first game i you know the first game i was also um drinking a bit just to get the jitters okay. out but okay. i also, i did not i did not know what to expect and i i just rolled with it um it was fun though to get to know it as we went along but then I also learned that I wasn't playing my character right because mm -hmm. Peter, which um, Peter was playing another rogue, um, would hide before any encounter and he was wondering why I wasn't hiding. I didn't know I could or that I should as a, as a rogue. And then, yeah. yeah, I didn't really know much about the skills and all that all ability. I types. really thought you're the kind of, kind of rogue who actually just Stay in the line. I'll be this for a coup. <laughs> yeah, I did. I you know? I didn't know. I didn't know that, that that such things existed, and that there's this unspoken rule that if you're a rogue, you can hide while you know you're moving through a forest yeah. or just being stealthy and all that. And then when combat time came. I didn't know my modifiers, so they kept changing with every attack roll. And I don't know if the DM noticed. He probably did, but he, he knew that I was new. So yeah, yeah that well, was that was a disaster. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think that's yeah. That was just, it. Was just oh. a nightmare, and I needed a lot, a lot of hand holding all throughout the way until I think even until I reached like epic levels, like sixteen, seventeen. I was still having my my stats and and everything checked because I'm not sure. Even now, I think I was like several. Was it this year or was it last year? that I realized that I've been adding a plus one to my hex, to my pack weapon, even though it's magical, okay. when I shouldn't have. Yeah, so things like that. Like, I didn't know that I could do that. I didn't know that advantage only applied to the first attack when you're hiding. Oh. And all that, yeah. 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 There's, there's always something to learn with D&D. &D. Yeah. So. Well... Yeah, for same for me. Like, from sneak, even though I play fighter, they're supposed to be. I'm not sure usually allowed to do advantages coming from stealth to attack, but there are TMs who allow like allow like from stealth to attacking an advantage. So that's really depends on the TM. Yeah. Because I play fighter, and fighter usually don't have that benefit on stealth attacks. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought anybody yeah. could have, like, advantage on stealth attacks. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also different playing, um, because we're playing, I'm playing on a, a West March server, mostly. I don't mm -hmm. have home games or a, a campaign, so it's always a different table. Well, not always, but most of the time, I'm playing with different sets of people, a different DM, mm -hmm. and it's only a, a one-shot game, so there's not really a lot of progression story-wise. You're kind of just left to your own device, aiding your um, character development off-game. So there is that. So tell me about um, home games, though, because I know you've played uh, campaigns and home games. Yes. What are your memorable moments? Are are you like talking about the campaign or the actual or player experience? Um, either either is fine. Okay, so yeah, uh, home game for home game. Um, there's a lot. Um, think about it. We were rushing this uh, tower. We're clearing it out, and then um, we're trying to clear out the tower. It's a two tower, so. The party split up. There was around six of us on a table. So so the other two went to a different tower and the other four went to the different tower. So yeah, I paired up with Torture or was it I forgot, but um Spellcaster. Mm -hmm. And then once we entered the tower, since there's just a limited number of us, there's just two of us. We we uh, we destroyed the door so no one could get in. No information. Um, reinforcements could attack us from um, behind. Yeah, from the flank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um. Although the problem with that is that we don't know how powerful the enemy is going <laughs> upward. Yeah. So basically, we just got off our own. Exit. Your own escape. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, as we go on forward, we clear out the tower, and then once we reach the tower, we we have this army of um, Sokwagen attacking oh, us. Yeah, so that encounter, uh, not not from the base of the tower, going on top, just staying on the tower and then just killing Sokwagen. That took us like four weeks of encounter. Oh my god! Just killing them, yeah. It's it's a lot. It's it. We get to the point that it starts to really get boring. Just killing Sohwagen. <laughs> <laughs> but you survive, yeah, but, though. But we survive, and yeah, it's it's something we talk about um, from time to time. Like you don't remember the time we fought Sohwagen for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> four weeks and just the two of you four on weeks. in the tower just a t yeah you know yeah there's that rule never split yeah. the party but yeah at that point i'm throwing anything like i'm throwing shovels rocks <laughs> anything that i can get my hands into like <laughs> <laughs> that is too yeah, funny yeah uh, i remember i remember the dm saying do you really want to use the the shovel as your projectile uh, <laughs> ammo? Then, he, then she told me that if I did, I'm gonna having like a minus ten to attack or something like that. So minus ten to attack on a three point five game—that's a lot. Um, yeah. That's like guaranteeing that you're miss. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but yeah. Wow, and 3.5, wow. Yeah. Um, I have no choice. No one could give us any supplies. We're just trying to survive at that point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it's something I always remember. Uh, that is like, that's ridiculously long, yeah. a long siege. Yeah, and I've never met anyone who actually go through like a four weeks battle combat. With combat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played combat with that long. But then again, I don't have a lot of um, not a lot of home games or campaigns. Okay, memorable moments are done. I think the memorable moments for Emrys was the bag of holding and the bag of holding. When oh, yeah. an explosion. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun one. That's that's actually pretty epic because at that point I'm just expecting to be TPK. Uh, because... Yeah, and then I we, mean, we, we... I, yeah, I was at full health, but. One singular fighter could not do much against a magical features. Yeah, yeah. And I was like telling Peter to like just leave. But then I could not <laughs> tell him in character because my character is unconscious on the ground next yeah. to the enemy. And but then you the game. Yeah. And he did some pretty out of the box thinking with the whole bag of holding and the bag of holding, just blow everything up. So that was that was fun. I didn't even know that that could happen. To be honest, that's that's meta game as well. But you know, it works. It's fun. We had fun. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's one of those um, metagaming episodes where, you know what? It's it's pretty epic that it happened, so yeah. let's let's see where it goes. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Attachment to characters. Which one? Which character is your favorite? Oh, probably, probably my favorite now is Hal. Hal, Hal is the first one who reach epic level. So. Yeah. Although yeah. I, I still have, still remember my first ranger, my first wizard, my first. I play monk. Yeah. Wow. Monk. What 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 class were you not able to play? Uh, I I stay away from fighter. Fighter was the last class I played. Oh. And yeah. And how was a fighter? And yeah. how was a fighter? Yeah. yeah. Because most players encounter just saying that um, fighters tends to get pretty boring at high level because all they just do is attack, attack, attack. There's that. Well, it's actually true. It's just that, you know. It's also fun. It's also fun. And yeah. you get to do the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like your. Um one-shotting a tarask yeah and yeah i Pretty like epic. wizard i like wizard but um i did not really play long with wizard and sorcerer but um right now my most attached character would be out although he's supposed to be a throwaway character so <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's always a twist what what is with a throwaway character why was he a throwaway uh, character? Because I I refused to like um to create a background for him. I, basically, all I do is just give him a a trait, and then a class. So basically, I just want him to be really stupid so that I don't have <laughs> to justify my actions. And then. Uh yeah. Um and he needs to be a fighter because should no one should depend on him. Like mm -mm. and also for me there's no spell to consider and spell to worry about. Okay, okay. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I'm obviously attached to Emrys. Um is that Emrys is my first character. And I spent so much time um, creating the, the oh, yeah. backstory without uh, without even researching what the game is about. So you can just imagine there's a lot of probably mechanical stuff and stuff that shouldn't really happen, even if it's D&D and it's fantasy. So I ha I've had to go back yeah. and redo a lot of the backstory. But I really liked um, Emrys and how Emrys progressed character even though yeah. it's all um one shot one shot games yeah. but yeah it's been fun so what are it's... what's your um sorry what do you say it's an interconnected one shot games so yeah yeah that is true that's true it's just all a matter of um making sure you get the same dm and the same table it's always nice. What are the struggles of a D and D player? 
hardships of making it to a game night? What's the number one cause? Well, number one cause of making it into a game night is that, um, well, there's could be a lot of stuff, but for me, it's going to be work. And if you're only getting one day in a week to rest, you'll probably like, end up just slipping it on yeah. it rather than actually playing or wasting your time for playing a 16-hour game on TV. Yeah, that is, that is true. I think one of the other issues is um, the schedules also. Like, like yeah. you said, like especially if people are coming from different time zones, it's always exactly. like finding the time to start the game and then actually making that time. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna turn into from a fun game to a commitment at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why do you keep coming back to? D and D, despite all the all these struggles and with the whole pandemic, you can't really play IRL. Yeah. Though you probably well, can. Uh, Six feet you apart. Probably can. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what? Well, uh, why? Probably because it's it's unscape. It's unscape to a daily life. Um. Yeah. Uh, in D&D, you could be strong, you could be pretty, you could be a hero, you could be a villain, you can even be a demon if you like, so there's that. Yeah. Um, probably, what's keep, the reason why I keep coming back to D&D is that because it's a, it's the lore of the world. It's the character I create, um, especially if if the DM like um, allow you to play with the world, like um, I want to explore the world the DM created, and I want to explore the character I created on where are they going with the life he choose to be like an adventure, yeah. So we know we know where they started. I like to see where this is going. I like to see the world flourish. Or what kind of world will this be? So there's that. Uh, I'm, and in, once once I'm invested to the world that was created by the DM for his players, yeah, I tend to come back. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is that is true. That's one of the things that um is also hard to replicate in a game. Yeah. Because of so true. many there's the uh, there's so many talented DMs with um lore building and storytelling that it's just a different adventure every time. And it's yeah. it's always a nice um outlet, you know, an escape from the real world. Like you said, yeah. you could be anything. The only limit is your imagination and could virtually do anything be anything and you know achieve anything and affect the world that is built for well for for the characters yeah that's true yeah so how did dnd influence your life going forward um uh, well 
I'm not sure, but... Well, how it affect my life or influence my life? Well, I made I made financial decisions based on this, the D and D. Or, you know, how much should I spend for this specific die set or <laughs> this artwork? You know, it's that's true. There's never enough dice. We all know that's this. True. There's never yeah. enough dice, and then as uh, as long as you stay away from the minis, I think you're still good. Once you go over there. <laughs> And once you start uh, buying it's... and start painting your minis, it's like you've crossed that threshold, and yeah. it's just there's, it's the point of no return, and it's just a, I mean, a once, downhill thing. Once you purchase something, it's gonna. <laughs> this always be a second time. Yes, <laughs> yes. Then there's just the the books, and then dice, more dice, and minis, yeah, and then maps. And... Oh, perhaps. Uh, yeah. But I like creating my own maps, although. Unless it's a signature, like signature map, like specifically for like. No, I I don't think I bought types uh, maps for D and D aside from the one from Lord of the Rings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, map making is a skill. I feel like that's yeah. it's one thing to create uh dungeons. And uh, an encounter scenario, like a mini map, but yeah. like to create entire worlds, is something. Yeah, map making is a talent because just just the amount of biomes you're gonna be uh, mm -hmm. percent on your world. Yeah. Yeah. biomes, creatures. Let me find that. Yep. Well. Anything more we'd like to add before we wrap it up? Um, what else? In your end, how does a D and D affect your life? Well, so it's the one we just said. Yeah, there's there's dice, and then there's art. I feel like my art, um, because I draw, and yeah. ever since I started playing D and D, all my drawings been focused on that D &D. yeah just everything related to emrys everything related to D, &D and it it really made uh, a difference in in the progress of my um of my art i think it really helped helped me grow and nurture my my skill and that it's yeah. it's probably because i'm so passionate about it that i don't mind spending time um improving so i think it's it's always good. Anything that D&D brings to the table is always good. Yeah. You know, unless I you're mean. buying dice every day. Unless you're buying dice every <laughs> week and then, you know. I mean, at that point, you're just gonna have a space for your dice. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Well, anything else? Anything else? Um... I could not think at the moment. Oh, what else should we, should we talk think, about? Yeah, I think we did cover it. But for yeah. for next session, though, we can add some more. And we do have a list of items that we'd like to talk about, like favorite class, favorite race, feet, 
Okay. Um, West March versus home game. D&D items or feats you would like to have IRL. And yep. maybe, a, I don't know, maybe a walkthrough um, in creating a character from start to finish. Okay, Stuff that sounds like good. That. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. next week then. Tune in for next yes. week's episode. Yes. Yeah, episode. Thank you for listening okay. to Anuni. So before we go though, show some love for your soon to be favorite podcast. Oh, by leaving us a like or subscribing. I'm not sure how this works since we don't have it yet, but stay tuned next week for um, the additional D&D topics. Um, do you have a Facebook page you'd like to plug? Or a social uh, media? Not at the moment, but we are working. Oh, uh, yeah. Not at the moment, but we are working on it. So stay tuned. And thank you for listening. We are ending this show with awkward silence. Thank you.